All right, everybody, thank you for joining me on our first episode of this podcast here on RS Sports Podcasts. Um, this is my first series, or my first uh, episode in a series of podcasts where I will be discussing everything going on in the world of sports at the moment. Uh, I am an aspiring sports journalist, so I think this is a good tool to use to sort of get into that world and uh, get some techniques going as to you know, thing, different things I need to do, get a little more comfortable with talking about sports publicly, and hopefully I can entertain you guys a little bit and uh, give you my two cents on the world of sports. So, like I said, I'm an aspiring sports journalist, so that's why I created this channel. And I'll be trying to get some uh, a couple podcasts a week probably out to you as I can. Um, I am busy with some things, but hopefully I'll be able to get some podcasts out to you a couple of weeks, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I want to start this first episode um, with going to the NBA. Uh, So last night, the NBA Finals, Game 1 was on of the NBA Finals, uh, between the Lakers and the Heat, and uh, one of the big things that happened in that game was that Bam Adebayo and Gordon Dragic went out with injuries, and they are now questionable for Game Number 2. The Lakers won... uh, 116-98, to they won by 18 points, and they played a tremendous game. Um, Before the the series even started, I had the Lakers um, in six or seven games. I I thought they were going to win that series, but this is just a big loss for the Heat right now. Both both of them are questionable for game number two. Um, And just looking at some stats here for Bam Adebayo and Gordon Dragic, uh, Bam's averaging 15.9 points a game. And Dragic is, is averaging 16 points a game. And Bam's also averaging 10 rebounds and 5 assists, whereas Dragic is averaging, is averaging 3 rebounds and 5 assists for the 2020 season. Now, Dragic has picked it up a little bit in the playoffs, and so has Bam. I think that, they, that those numbers probably went up during the playoffs as they surprised a lot of people and beat the Bucks in the semifinals and now made it all the way to the finals. So, I, I don't know if the Heat can get the job done with just Jimmy Butler as as their sole star on that starting lineup. Duncan Robinson has made a big impact on um, for the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. He made a lot of threes. But the thing about Duncan Robinson is he needs to learn how to drive to the basket. He can't rely on just shooting threes. I know that's his game, and he's a tremendous three-point shooter. But I think he's going to have to start driving to the basket more, especially now if Dragic and Adebayo don't play, I assume that he would probably be the next option for Jimmy Butler to go to. And Jimmy Butler is averaging 19 points a game this season, along with six rebounds and six assists. So Jimmy Butler, uh, Gordon Dragic, and Bam Adebayo are the three main contributors if you look at the Miami Heat this season. So losing two of your main contributors to a team with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, not to mention they have some great, Backup players such as Alex Caruso, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, Dion Waiters, Dwight Howard, J.R. Smith, uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, among others, that have really been contributing this postseason for the Los Angeles Lakers. But I, I'm very concerned for the Heat. If, if they lose these two players in game number two, I don't see them winning that game. And going down 2-0 in the NBA Finals is not... Not good. It's not good, especially going up against the team that has LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, so just to give you a reference point there, we were talking about 
uh, Gordon Dragic and Bam Adebayo being injured and questionable for game number two. So Bam Adebayo is averaging 15 points a game, and Gordon Dragic is averaging 16 points a game. That That's about 31 points that you're losing through these games, and they're both starters. Now, just to give you uh, a, a, a reference point here, Anthony Davis this season is averaging 26 points a game, and he's shooting 50% from field goal range. And LeBron is averaging 25 points a game and shooting 49% from field goal range. Now, neither of them are injured right now. They're both going to play in game two. So your leading scorer is Jimmy Butler, and he averaged 19 points a game this season. And he's definitely going to score more than 19 points because he's going to be the number one option for the Heat, and he has been all season. But the thing, as I watched game one um, last night, I, I liked Eric Spolster's strategy. As much as a lot of people were criticizing him, or criticizing the Heat for not covering on the perimeter, Eric Spolster went in with the right game plan. He, pu- he pushed the Lakers out to the perimeter and forced them to become a shooting team. Now, the problem with that game plan last night was that there was no coverage on the perimeter. It, if you're the Heat, you know, obviously the move with the Los Angeles Lakers is to cover the perimeter. It has to be. It has to be. Because the Lakers are a slashing team. They they get most of their points in the paint. That's how they defeat you. So turning them into a shooting team is the right game plan to have. But that doesn't mean that you can't cover the perimeter. And that was the problem that the Heat ran into last night. They were leaving the Lakers for open shots. Um, the Lakers statistically aren't one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. But they have guys like Anthony Davis... Danny Green, Alex Caruso, Avery Bradley, J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters, uh, LeBron can even knock knock down a three from time to time. So they have guys that can make their three point shots, but they're not they're not you know Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. They're not great three point shooters. They're average three point shooters, and they're not one of the best three point shooting teams in the league, as I've said. So I, I like Eric Spolster's game plan to turn them into a shooting team. But that doesn't mean no defense on the perimeter. You know, they allowed these guys to set up from three-point range, and that's what you don't want. And uh, the the Lakers basically blew them out in the second half. So losing Gordon Dragic and Bam Adebayo, when you, when you had them in game two and you lose 18 points, that's not a good sign for me. And again, if... If the if they don't play in game two, I'm I give game two to the Lakers. And for that matter, I give the series to the Lakers. Because it's extremely tough to come back from a two-o deficit in the NBA Finals, especially against the LeBron James team, who LeBron James is the greatest player in the league right now. And he's top ten all time. And you put Anthony a guy like Anthony Davis with him who's just been balling this entire season. Is that that's a dangerous Lakers team that I see right now, especially with an injured Miami Heat squad. And to be honest with you, when I saw the finals, I didn't think the Heat could get the job done. I I, I thought that the Lakers were going to win. I wouldn't have been surprised if the Heat would have won in seven. But I granted, I didn't think the Boston Celtics could have gotten the job done against the Lakers either. When I looked at the two teams that were potentially going to face the Lakers. Originally, my matchup before the playoffs started, my matchup to go to the NBA Finals was the Clippers and the Bucks, And the Bucks were the only team I thought that could contend with the Clippers and the Lakers. 
but the Heat knocked them out in the second round. And the and the Clippers also got knocked out in the second round. So from there on, I, I, I saw, unless the Nuggets were to pull out some pull out a W in the series, which again I didn't see happening. I I pretty much from there thought that the Lakers were gonna win the championship. And I still do. I mean and and they deserve to. You know, if if you have a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis and they can't win the game in game two, then there's an issue in Los Angeles. Especially if they don't have Gordon Dragic and Bam Adebayo. Now Bam Adebayo has a neck strain and Gordon Dragic has a foot injury. And from the sounds of it, the foot injury is worse. From what it sounds like. I'm not making I'm not spec I don't want to speculate or anything. But if I were I, I think Bam Adebayo has a better shot of coming back in game two. And and the and therefore if Bam Adebayo comes back, that would give Heat more of a shot of winning that game. But we will have to see tomorrow night on ESPN. Uh, as game two of the NBA Finals will be played and uh, we'll see who plays. Right now, they've been listed as questionable on ESPN.com. But just to, again, just to give you another reference point, Duncan Robinson, who if Gordon, if Gordon Dragic and Bam Adebayo don't play, Gordon Drag or Duncan Robinson would be the next option for the Miami Heat. And he this season he's been averaging 13 points a game with three rebounds and an assist. You know, and 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 he may he lives by the three or dies by the three. He he makes his money shooting three pointers. He's not he he doesn't shoot for two points a lot, and that's okay, you know. But I I, I think he needs to develop uh, that ability to drive to the rim. Then then he'd also have a guy like Jay Crowder who could uh, get hot. So I'm not putting it past the Heat to win Game Two, but I think it's going to be a lot harder without Gordon Dragic and Bam Adebayo. So we we will see. Tomorrow night uh, in game two. Anyway, let's move on to the NFL for some week four NFL picks. And I will give you my two cents on the NFL this week. So tonight uh, at 8.20 p.m., we have the Broncos and the Jets on Thursday Night Football. And now both of these teams are 0-3. So this I, I don't think this game is going to be season-changing for either of them. I, I, I'm i going to give the game to the Broncos, but again, both teams are 0-3. Uh, I don't see them doing much this season. Um, the The Broncos aren't a very good team. The Jets aren't a very good team. It just it just is what it is at this point. But I'm going to give that game to the Broncos, And uh, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be a season-changing win or anything. Uh, and then we move to Sunday's games. We've got the Saints and the Lions. Now, the Lions are a team last week that surprised a lot of people when they beat the Arizona Cardinals. And personally, for me, the Arizona Cardinals are one of the teams that I'm looking at to go to the NFC Championship. And, you know, I, I like Kyler Murray. I like the pickup of DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. I think he has a great receiving core to throw to. And I think there's going to be nothing but great things to say about Kyler Murray in the future. I really like him. And I think he's going to develop into a star. Um, but I am going to give this game to the Saints. I think I don't think the Lions can win two big games in a row. I don't really see the Lions doing much this year. Um, that's that's just my opinion. And again, maybe they can pull out another big win, another upset. 
Um, but we will have to see. I'm going to give that game to the Saints, though. And then we have my upset game for the week, which is the Chargers and the Buccaneers. Now, a lot of people would take the Buccaneers in this game in Tampa, but from what I saw uh, with against Kansas City, with just, Justin Herbert played a great game. And, you know, the Chargers have repeatedly said that if Tyrod Taylor is available, they're going to play Tyrod Taylor, and I don't think that's a good decision, right? If you, you, you saw what the Chargers did with under, uh, under, uh, Justin Herbert, um, against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they almost won that game, and I, I, I almost don't think it's fair to put Tyrod Taylor in, in this, in this game, seeing the way that Justin Herbert played, like, if the kid can play, you should let him play. And I think if they do that, that they can beat the Buccaneers. Because right now what I see with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers is I see a team that hasn't gelled yet. Most of these guys are a new team. They put a lot of this team together in the offseason. And Tom Brady just needs some time to gel with the team. I don't see, right now I don't see the Buccaneers going to the NFC Championship. I, I see them going to the division round against the Saints if I were to make a prediction right now. But I don't see the Buccaneers going to the NFC Championship. And I think that's why. I think... Tom Brady needs time to gel with that team. Now, if this is Tom Brady's last year, then that's a shame for the Buccaneers because I think if Tom Brady stays another year with the Buccaneers, I think next year could be a diff- could be a different story. Um, and I think that the Buccaneers might be a better team next year because Tom Brady will have a year under his wing with that team. So, I I I mean I guess we'll have to see. I mean I could be wrong. The Buccaneers could go to the NFC Championship. I just don't think that they will. I think that Tom Brady needs some time to get used to the new scenery. Um, so I'm going with the Chargers in that game as my upset. And then we have the Jaguars and the Bengals. Uh, I think Joe Burrow needs a win. I think it's time that he gets a win. Uh, right now, I, I have him as my rookie of the year, but that's only because Justin Herbert hasn't played a bunch of games. If Justin Herbert can keep playing the way he does, I think he might give Joe Burrow a run for his money at the rookie of the year prize. Uh, but again, you know, two teams that aren't too good. I don't see either of them making the playoffs this year, but I think Joe Burrow gets his first win as a rookie quarterback. I like what Joe Burrow's been doing this year. Um, so I think, I mean, you heard Joe Burrow say it himself. He said, I don't like losing. And granted, no, no person in the sports world likes losing. You know, that's, that just comes with being a athlete, but you know, Joe, Joe Burrow wants to help this team and wants to win. And I think he does get his first win this week. He's been playing decent for a rookie quarterback. So I'm, I'm going to give the win to the Bengals on Sunday. And then we got the game, uh, two 0-3 teams, Vikings and Texans, Sunday at 1. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to start with the Vikings here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Texans to win this game, but I want to start by talking about the Vikings. So the Vikings look lost right now as a football team. Kirk Cousins, you look at his first two games, he had two multi-interception games. And in his second game against the Indianapolis Colts, he threw an interception that was ran back, I believe in the second or third quarter, and they ran it back for more yards than he threw for that entire game. And that's not okay. That's not something you want out of your quarterback. They're paying they're paying Kirk Cousins upwards of $80 million for three years. To do that, I, I, I mean, I think the Vikings need to start rebuilding now. You know, the Vikings are not a championship team. They can be if they rebuild and they get pieces right, I think, using their using the draft. I think in the I think in the coming years they could be, but they gotta play their cards right. 
I think it's time that they need to rebuild. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give this game to the Texans. You know, the Texans haven't been playing great this year. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, I believe in him. I like David Johnson a lot, even though I didn't, I didn't like the trade, DeAndre Hopkins, to Arizona. I'm sure nobody did. I thought that was a bad trade. Um, but David Johnson's an okay running back, and Deshaun Watson's good. So I haven't seen enough out of the Vikings to make me believe that they can win this game. Because, again, they look lost. The only, the only plus that came out of the Titans game with the Vikings is that they got Justin Jefferson involved early. That was that was the main plus that I saw. But in the second half, you know, Kirk Cousins just stopped throwing to Justin Jefferson. And, and, it, and it's uh, not to mention, Kirk Cousins hasn't had a game this season that he hasn't thrown an interception. Right. I mean, his first two games were multi-interception games, but he still threw one against Tennessee. So I'm going to go with the Texans that game. And then we go to another 1 o'clock game on Sunday. Uh, the Seahawks and the Dolphins. This is going to be my lock game. Uh, I have the Seahawks beating the Dolphins. Um, the Seahawks could quite possibly be the team to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I know it's really early to say that, but I have them at least going to the NFC Championship. I really believe in the Seahawks this year. Uh, DK Metcalf only got better in the offseason. TJ Locke, it's a great option for Russell Wilson. who And Russell Wilson's probably one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. As a matter of fact, I would put him there. Uh, and, and they're, and they're coached great. I mean, Pete Carroll's a great coach. You got to give credit where credit's due. Um, and then the Seahawks are a well-rounded team. I think they're made to at least go to the NFC championship. And I think they could be representing the NFC this February in the Super Bowl. And as, uh, and as far as the Dolphins go, you know, the Dolphins are, uh, set to have another bad season this year. Uh, you know, they're still, they're still rebuilding, but I'd like to see what Tua can do this season. I think they ought to start him a couple games. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Dolphins are headed towards another bad season, and I don't see them getting the job done against the Seahawks. All right, and then we got the Browns and the Cowboys. Uh, so here's the thing about the Cowboys. You know, they get a new coach. They they uh, they had a great team. I, I thought they had one of the best teams in the NFC looking at them. Before the season started, you know, they picked up C.D. Lamb in the draft. They they re-signed Amari Cooper. They had Dak Prescott. You got Ezekiel Elliott on that team. They picked up Everson Griffin from the Vikings. He's a great pass rusher. But there's still, somehow, there's there's still the way the Cowboys have been in the past couple years. And, that, and, and it seems right now that they are like an average team. Right, and they're playing the Browns, who I think is another average team. So I think this game is going to be close. I'm going to give it to the Cowboys, uh, just be just because I need. I think they need to start showing the kind of team that they can be, because I think they can be a lot better, and I think they can compete for the NFC Championship. I I don't know if they'll get there. I, I can tell you right now that I think they're going to win the NFC East, but they don't have a lot of competition in the NFC East. So the Cowboys need to start playing like the team they're meant to be. Because they 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 have the players to be good. Um I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns won this game, but I'm going to take the Cowboys in a close one. Uh Cardinals Panthers Sunday at 1 again. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. You know, I don't I don't see a lot out of the Panthers that makes me excited this year. Christian McCaffrey uh has an injury, so I don't think he's going to be playing Sunday. But again, you know, the Panthers are one of the worst teams in the league right now. And the Cardinals are one of the teams 
that I think can go to the NFC Championship. They have a great team this year. And like I said, Kyler Murray is only going to get better. And he's going to turn into a star, I think. And, you know, with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald, that team's, you know, built to win. So I got the Cardinals beating the Panthers easily this week. And then we got the Colts and the Bears. And now this is an interesting game because I have the Colts uh, as one of the best teams in the in the AFC. They they're they're an underrated team. I feel like right now, you know, you got Philip Rivers uh, signed in the offseason. Statistically, they had one of the greatest drafts uh, out of any team this year, and they're going up against the Bears. Now in this game, I'm going to take the Bears to stay undefeated and go four and zero. And here's why, you know, Nick Foles. Uh, hasn't started a game this season yet, but they put him in last game. They took Mitch Trubisky out and they put Nick Foles in, and Nick Foles brought the Bears back from a deficit um, to win that game against the Falcons this week. So, and, and here's the thing. A lot of people are speculating if Nick Foles is a starting quarterback. They think Some people think he's a career backup. Um, but, but let's take a look at this, okay? Nick Foles gets drafted by Chip Kelly in his first season, right? His first season with the Eagles... He throws 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. That, that's a great season. Uh, they went to the playoffs that year, and then he played another season with the Eagles and went to the Rams. So after he went to the Rams, he went back to the Eagles. He won a Super Bowl in 2018 with the Eagles as a backup quarterback. And then the next season, Carson Wentz gets hurt towards the end of the season. And he brings... He, he, the Eagles didn't look like a playoff team at, uh, before Carson Wentz got hurt. And then Nick Foles came in and brought him back into playoff contention. And they went into Soldier Field to play the Bears, who and it was it and it was expected to be a blowout. I mean, the Bears were a team that everybody that people saw going to the NFC Championship, and they beat the Bears with Nick Foles. And then they went on and almost beat the Saints and went to and almost went to their second consecutive NFC Championship. So Nick Foles is a good quarterback. Mitch Trubisky is not a good quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky is not a good quarterback. If I'm the Bears, I'm starting Nick Foles until Mitch Trubisky can prove to me that he deserves that starting spot. Because between those two quarterbacks, Nick Foles is the better quarterback right now. And I think Nick Foles is going to prove that this week and get uh, get the Week 4 win as a starter against the Colts. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the Colts are bound to have, another, uh, bound to have a good season. I, I still think they're underrated, and I think this is going to be a closer game than a lot of people think. Because I like Phillip Rivers a lot, and... Some of their other draft picks that they picked up, but I'm going to give this game to the Bears because I I think Nick Foles gets gets a win in his first start this season. Uh, Ravens and the Washington Football Team. Uh, this game's going to the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens are the second best team in the AFC, uh, so they should be able to win this game easily. Uh, Washington's an okay football team this year. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs, but I see the Ravens uh, probably getting the two seed in the playoffs this year. Uh, so I'm going to give this game to the Ravens easily. They're mad. You know, you heard, you heard Deshaun, or I'm, I almost said Deshaun Jackson. You heard Lamar Jackson say, uh, in his postgame interview after the game with the Chiefs, he said that the Chiefs are their kryptonite. So they want to beat the Chiefs. They're, they're coming off a game where they're, where they're angry. So they're going to win that game, I think, easily. Um, and we got the Giants and the Rams. <clears throat> so let, let, let's look at the Giants. For the past two weeks, I've had the Giants as my upset. Right last week, I thought they could beat an uh, injured Forty Nine er squad, and they didn't. They let an injured Forty Nine er squad put up like thirty points against them. The week before that, they played the Bears, 
looking at Mitch Trubisky, who, again, I don't think is a good quarterback. I thought the Giants would win that game, and they didn't. So the Giants have not shown me anything this year to make me believe that they are a winning team or that they're going to have a winning season, which I don't think they're going to, and I don't think they're going to the playoffs. They started, they're they're 0-3 right now. Um, You know, they just got a new coach. Now, is this Jason Garrett's fault? I don't know. I mean, Saquon Barkley's out with an ACL tear. That certainly doesn't help. I believe in Daniel Jones. I think he has the ability to be a good quarterback. But is Jason Garrett a good coach? I don't know. I don't. You look at what he did with the Cowboys, and he the Cowboys had the potential when he was there to be a good team a number of years. And they just fell short of that. And I feel like that's been the way the Cowboys have been because that's the way they're turning out this year. So I, I don't know what to think about Jason Garrett yet as the Giants head coach. I don't, I, I, I don't know if they should have kept Pat Shermer. I, honestly, I don't know what's going on in, in New York with the Giants, but they need to fix something quickly. So I'm giving this game to the Rams. Um, and then we got uh, my pick for game of the week, Patriots and Chiefs. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I think this is going to be a very fun game to watch. You got Cam Newton and the Patriots, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, but I, I don't think Cam Newton's going to get the job done. I think the Patriots are going to get their second loss of the season and go two and two. I, I honestly, I don't see any other team beating the Chiefs this year. I think the Chiefs could be the second team in NFL history to go undefeated all the way through the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. I know that's a very bold prediction to make because it's early in the season, and injuries can happen and things like that, but I think if the Chiefs stay healthy, that they can be the second team in NFL history to just run the table, um, last team being the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give that game to the Chiefs. I, I, it might be closer than a lot of people think. You know, I think the Patriots have a good squad this year, um, but uh, again, I don't think they're good enough to beat the Chiefs, so that that one's going to go to the Chiefs. Uh, Bills and Raiders, two great teams, two great football teams. Uh, the Raiders, coached by John Gruden. John Gruden's playing or coaching a great season so far, and the Raiders are exceeding a lot of people's expectations. Uh, the Bills are also undefeated right now, um, so I'm going to give the game to the Bills. Uh, I like I like that they picked up Stephon Diggs in the offseason, and um, Josh Allen, he's a great young quarterback, and I think the Bills are only going to progress from where they're at. So the Bills stay undefeated and go 4-0. And they beat the Raiders this week in a close game, though. I think it's going to be an, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. They got Sunday Night Football, the Eagles and the 49ers. Um, and here's the here's the thing. Last week I picked the Giants to beat the 49ers because the 49ers are injured right now. They have a lot of people that aren't going to be playing. They have a lot of injuries on that team. And with an injured squad, they put up 30 plus points. With an injured squad. Now, granted, it was against the New York Giants, but I don't think the Eagles are much better than the New York Giants. So who's to say that they can't do that again on Sunday Night Football? So my pick's going to the San Francisco 49ers because I don't like the Eagles this year. I don't think Carson Wentz is uh, a good quarterback this year. I don't think the Eagles have a good team this year. Um, And that's why I think also that the Dallas Cowboys really don't have much competition in the NFC East. And it would be... A shame if the Dallas Cowboys didn't win the NFC East because that's a division that they should win. Uh, so that that game I'm giving to the San Francisco 49ers. Then Monday Night Football, we have the Atlanta Falcons and the Green Bay Packers. Now, a lot of people would take the Packers in this game 
you know, the Packers are 3-0 and the Falcons are 0-3. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take another upset pick and I'm going to go with the Falcons. You know, the Falcons have blown two, two leads in the past two weeks, right? They're, they're like one of the only teams in NFL history to do that. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give this game to the Falcons only because they, you know, they got to hold a lead at some point. And, you know, they're probably mad. If I'm Dan Quinn, I'm mad. If I'm Matt Ryan, I'm mad. And and here's the problem with the Atlanta Falcons, okay? You pick up Todd Gurley in the offseason, and Todd Gurley is rushing per game less than 100 yards per game. And that's not okay. Todd Gurley's a Pro Bowl quarterback. We all know that. We all know that Todd Gurley should be rushing more than 100 yards per game. Come on. The, Falcon, the, the Falcons need to get Todd Gurley more involved. And I think if they do that, they're going to win this game against the Packers. So I'm going to take the Falcons as my second upset this week. And my lock for this week, again, goes to the Seattle Seahawks over the Miami Dolphins. So that's what's happening in the world of football. We'll come back to football in a little bit when we do our headlines at the moment. But right now I want to look at some MOB games. This uh, The postseason is happening right now. Uh, there are some games being played. I know at 10 o'clock tonight... The Dodgers play the Brewers. Um, I think the Dodgers should win that game. It's game two of the wild card series in the National League. Uh, the Dodgers are actually my pick to win the World Series this year, so they should be able to win tonight and close that series out and move on. Uh, currently, the Pod- the Padres are losing to the Cardinals, one nothing in the top of the second, so there's a lot of more baseball left to be played. Um, St. Louis leads that series one nothing. I think the Padres are going to come back and win that. Uh, they got Clevenger coming off, uh, coming out of the uh, relief pitching there, um, and they got Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado. They got a lot of guys on that team, and I think the Padres should come back and win that series against the Cardinals. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Um, but stranger things have happened, I guess. Uh, let's look at the Reds and the Braves. The Braves get their uh, get their first postseason. Series win in 19 years, so congratulations to the Atlanta Braves on uh, beating the Cincinnati Reds in that series. Um, I'm going to start with the Braves. I think they can, unless they play the Dodgers in the next series, if they play anybody but the Dodgers, I think they can. They have a legitimate shot at going to the NLCS. Um, so we'll see what happens with the Braves. Again, you know, as long as they don't play any, as long as they don't play the Dodgers, I think they have a real shot at moving on to the NLCS because I think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series this year. Uh, now to the Reds, and you know, I I really pity the Reds this year. You know, I thought the Reds, I thought the Reds were um, were going to go far. I mean, I had them going to the wild card. I thought they had a really good squad this year, and I actually picked them to win this series. But the the problem with the Reds is this. You have a World Series first baseman in Joey Votto, who's playing for a non-World Series team. Baseball is a team game, right? Joey Joey Votto has put up with losing for a while in Cincinnati, right? He de- he deserves a ring. He's one of the he he's he's one of the best first basemen in the league. Um. So yeah, I think Joey Votto's underrated in the league. Um, but I think he's going to leave soon just because he wants a World Series. And you know what, there's no, there's no problem with that. I mean, the, la- the last time that they made the World Series was the year, and or the last time they made the playoffs even, last was uh, when they had Johnny Cueto and Jay Bruce. 
uh, and also Joey Votto, obviously. But the but the thing about Joey Votto, he Joey Votto might be one of the most loyal players in the entire league. I mean, to put he put up with many many losing seasons where he could have just gone somewhere else, and because he wanted a ring. I mean, Joey Votto knows he's a talented first baseman, um, but you know the first word that comes to mind when I think of Joey Votto, Votto is loyal. I mean, he's a, he's a talented guy who's playing for a a, a bit. I don't want to use the word bad because the Reds are just going to progress from here. But he he need, he wants a ring, you know. I I don't see a World Series in the Reds' future. I th- I think somewhere down the line, in uh, you know they could go, they could go to a World Series, and I think that you know they're only going to get better from where they are. Um, but the guy I think the Reds need to focus on keeping right now is Nick Castanellos, right? Obviously, you want to try and keep Joey Votto. I don't know if he will stay again because Joey Votto is getting older and he might chase that World Series that he honestly deserves. But if I'm the Reds, I'm keeping Nick Costanellos. Through the first couple of weeks, Nick Costanellos was actually looking like the NL MVP for the Reds. And, you know, the Reds have one of the top pitching staffs in the league. Um, but their middle relief pitching isn't so great. You know, they can close out a game, and, you know, they can they can pitch well. Um, but their middle relief pitching, and, and you know what, and some of their closing pitching isn't too great either. Um... So they they just that's the only thing they need to work on. I mean, I think they have a really great lineup as far as hitting and pitching goes, uh, starting pitching. So they just need to learn, they just need to close out games better. But uh, congratulations to the Reds. I mean, they made the they made the postseason for the first time in I don't I don't remember how long. Um, it's it's been a long while though. So that shows improvement in Cincinnati. So only good things from here for the Reds. Uh, White Sox and Athletics today. Oakland won the series 2-1, 6-4 was the final. And uh, so the congratulations to the Oakland Athletics. They're moving on to the next round. Uh, they won in the wild card. Marlins and Cubs got postponed today, um, but the Athletics won 6-4. Um, and I think the Athletics are a real threat in the American League. I also think the Yankees are a real threat in the American League. I want to look at the top two teams, I think, uh, in the American League and the uh, National League. So, for the American League, right now, I think the Yankees have a real good shot. Um, uh, I also think the Athletics have a real good shot, believe it or not. Um, But the Yankees, this season, uh, if I'm correct, they they have hit 232 home runs. And and that's just amazing. You know, that's what the Yankees uh, do. that's, That's what they do. They hit home runs. Right, and the thing about the Yankees is they're hot and cold. You know, one game they can they can score like thirteen runs, and the next they can only score like one. Right, so you never know what you're going to get with the Yankees. Um, but I think looking at the American League, the Yankees could go. I mean, the uh, the Astros are always a threat, but I'm I'm really kind of sick and tired of hearing about the Astros. I mean, Rob Manfred made a terrible call when he decided not to strip them of their 2017 World Series title. I mean, you know, they they cheated. You know, I, I think it would be a real travesty if they went to the World Series. I don't think they deserve to go to the World Series. Um, but I, I think the Yankees have a real shot. I mean, 232 home runs this season, that's that's amazing. And for the National League, as I said, uh, my pick to go to the World Series is the Dodgers. They're actually my pick to win the entire thing. Right now, batting average, their they're leading batting average uh, player is Corey Seager. He's batting 307, followed by Mookie Betts, 292, Will Smith, 289. And Zach McKinstry 
at 286. So they have a lot of good batters. Uh, you know, they when you have the first game and you have Jock Peterson batting seventh, that should tell you something because Jock Peterson's a great player. Um, so the Dodgers have a well-rounded team, pitching and batting. Uh, I think, in the, and I think this is their year to win the World Series. We'll have to see what happens, but I think this is going to be their year to win it all. So let's uh, let's move on to the headlines here on ESPN. For ESPN, we'll talk about some of the headlines that they have, and the Cardinals are still up to nothing in the top of the second. And we have some breaking news actually in uh, on ESPN. Uh, Doc Rivers has agreed has agreed to a five year deal with the 76ers. Now I want to talk about how Doc Rivers uh, law uh, how the Clippers let Doc Rivers go. Now I think that was a terrible decision by the Los Angeles Clippers. Right, Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches in the league. The Clippers were put together to beat the Lakers, no doubt. They were put together to be a championship team this year. But that's the thing. A lot of times when you put guys together for a championship team, they need time to gel. Like I said earlier about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, a lot of people pick them to go to the Super Bowl, but they need time to gel. They need time to work together as a team, right? And I think a lot of that got blamed on Doc Rivers, which is a shame. And Doc Rivers got fired as a result. But I think the 76ers picked up a really, really good coach because Doc Rivers is one of the best in the league. Top five, even, I'm ready to say. He's one of the top five coaches in the league. So I think Doc Rivers is going to be the guy to turn the 76ers franchise around. And I, and I think that the 76ers are going to be a very, very good team moving forward. I think he can do a lot with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. There's a couple moves that the 76ers have to make you know, to become a better basketball team. But I really, really like this move by the 76ers. Uh, agreeing to a five-year deal uh, with the 76ers here. And uh, he'll be the principal rival now of the Boston Celtics. And he won in 2008 with the Boston Celtics as their head coach. Um, but five years is a great deal for Doc Rivers. And I'm glad that he got the job in uh, Philadelphia because he deserves it. He's one of the best coaches in the league. Uh Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant says that the Nets coaching will be collaborative. So Steve Nash became the new head coach of the Nets a couple weeks ago. And they say that it's going to be a collaborative effort uh, with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant taking the, taking leadership roles. And I don't blame Steve Nash for doing that. Uh, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are two of the best in the league right now. And uh, Kyrie Irving said, quote, I don't really see us having a head coach. Um And uh, he also said, KD could be the head coach and I could be the head coach some days. So I don't, I don't mind this mantra that they're taking. Uh, I, I think it's good that KD and Kyrie are both uh, taking, an, taking the initiative and wanting to be team leaders. I think Brooklyn is going to be a very tough team next year in the East, especially now that Kyrie and Kevin Durant are both going to be on the team. Uh, so I, I would say watch out for the Nets in the East. I think I like Steve Nash as their coach. I think that was a good pickup. Um, and I and I can potentially see the Nets winning the East and competing with LeBron and the Lakers or Kawhi and uh, Paul George and the Clippers next year. So uh, I'm I'm glad that you know Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant want to take some leadership roles 
on that team, and I think that'll be very good for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. Steve Steve Nash getting his first coaching job with the Brooklyn Nets, and Irving and Kevin Durant want to help out with that. That's perfect. Uh, the NFL has new protocols for teams exposed to coronavirus. So they implement implement uh, protocols for teams exposed to COVID-19. Uh, it says that, let's see. So the Tennessee Titans and Minnesota Vikings did uh, suspend uh, operations for a bit. The Vikings are going back, went back today, I believe. Uh, but it says here that they have not yet returned so they're working on that. The Minnesota Vikings are scheduled to play on Sunday against the ten against the uh, the Texans, and the Tennessee Titans uh, will not play this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, as more players have tested positive, I believe, for COVID nineteen. If I heard that correctly, uh, so it says the enhanced protocols may include two daily tests. One is traditional PCR nasal swab test. And the other is a POC, point-of-care test, that returns faster results. So, so PPE and face masks must also be worn by all players and coaches on the practice field, and gloves must be worn by everyone except quarterbacks on their throwing hand. So it sounds like now uh, all players must wear gloves except for the quarterback, uh, with their throwing hands. So the quarterback will wear one glove, it sounds like, uh, just to keep them protected from COVID-19. So the NFL implementing uh, some more serious protocols for teams, which I like a lot. I think one of the best things that the NFL can do right now is create a bubble. We see how that's working for the MLB and for the NBA. So hopefully the NFL could create a bubble to finish out their season. Um, another thing with the NBA is today, Commissioner Adam Silver said that uh, they're looking at starting the next NBA season in mid mid to late January to give the players some time off on the offseason. Uh, so I like that idea a lot. You know, it gives the players some time off. It is going to be a different season only because they had to restart because of COVID. Uh, so hopefully everything shakes out with that and everything's good to go come January for the next NBA season uh, once after we crown an NBA champion uh, coming up very, very soon. So that's what's going on in the NFL and the NBA. Uh, Patriots Newton says Mahomes is changing the game. Uh, no doubt Patrick Mahomes is changing the game. But Cam, Cam Newton, uh, for the first time in his career Sunday, he's going to oppose Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's going to play him for the first time. And he's going to lead the uh, New England Patriots against the Kansas City Chiefs. I said that's that is a uh, that's going to be the game of the week, uh, and he said, uh, "quote Man, he's changing the game." He said, "I think he's shining a light on the new wave of quarterbacks. It's just fun to watch, for sure." Uh, I think him and uh, Lamar Jackson are both changing the game. You know, Lamar is one of those uh, scrambler QBs who can run the ball, but he can also throw the ball as well. And Patrick Mahomes is can just do do it all. You know, Patrick Mahomes is one of those once in a lifetime QBs that you see come along, and he's without a doubt a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm ready to say that already. Uh, you know, his second year in the league, he won a Super Bowl. So Patrick Mahomes is just, you know, he's just revolutionary at this point. Uh, Danny Ainge today says that Kemba Walker was definitely not himself in the bubble. 
So Kemba, Kemba Walker was off and on in the bubble. I, I definitely agree with Danny Ainge. He, he wasn't himself. Um, as far as the offseason goes to the Boston Celtics, they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Miami Heat. I think one of the main things that they need to focus on right now is if I if I were them, I would trade Ennis Canner to get a starter cali- starting caliber center. They could trade Daniel Tice. Um, but, you know, I, I here's the here's the thing. I don't see Daniel Tice as a starting center. Daniel Tice is not a starting center to me. He's 6'10 in a 7-foot center's world, right? Anthony Davis is taller than Daniel Tice, and Daniel Tice is a center and Anthony Davis is a power forward. So I like I like the idea of Daniel Tice coming off the bench, and I think potentially that Danny Ainge could use Ennis Canner and a couple of the uh, the draft picks that the Celtics have to obtain a starting center. I also like Robert Williams on that team. Um, so if they trade Daniel Tice, they still have Robert Williams. Um, or what Danny Inge could potentially do is trade up in the draft with those draft picks and draft a center. Um, but I like the idea of trading Ennis Canner and some of those picks to get a star caliber center. And I think that's going to help the Celtics get to the final round, uh, the finals or the championship, you know. Um, but again, you got teams coming up like Brooklyn and, uh, Brooklyn and uh, the Bucks are still a uh, tough team in the East. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. A lot of good teams coming through the East next year. Um, but I think the main goal for the Celtics this offseason needs to be getting a starting center and maybe developing some more depth on the team. Uh, Braves take selfies to mark end of playoff woes. Like I said, the Braves end a 19-year playoff series drought. Congratulations to them. They are, you know, I'm very happy that the Braves have done that. You know, it's 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 great when you hear a story like that. Just a couple years ago, the Cubs won their first World Series in 108 years. It's just a great story to hear. You know, their fans have been waiting for a long time for that to happen, and it's just great that the Braves, you know, move on in the postseason and win their first series in 19 years. They got a great team there, and uh, nothing but the best for the Braves. Congratulations to them. All right, so that is going to close out uh, our update in the world of sports. Um, And our first episode here on uh, RS Sports Sports Podcast. So if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, be sure to tune in next time as we cover more of what's going on in the world of sports. And thank you for joining me on my first ever uh, sports podcast. And I look forward to uh, to doing this next time. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and you'll tune in again. Thanks so much.